You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five, end this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway's successes are in Times Square. (laughs) Oh, ye of little faith. Now that we're justly frothed up. about housing in New York City. <laughs> Let's talk about an intermission soda about the Tony Awards. Woo! <laughs> I'm actually super excited. The Tonys, you guys. So you know what that means? Intermission soda. That means this is our, what is this, our th- two-year anniversary? Yes. Happy anniversary, Ebony. Happy anniversary. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Oh, sweetie! Sweetie got real excited when you She's said so happy anniversary. Sweet, that little buddy. Cute. Yes, it was. She came over and like looked up at her. And she's licking now. Oh, little sweet angel baby. She's my heart. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do when she's no longer with me. Let's not think about it. Okay, because I'll start crying. <laughs> I know, Let's, don't talk do it. Let's talk about the Tonys. Let's talk about the Tonys. So, so friends, the Tony Awards were last Sunday as yes. we're recording this, but and this, this is it, June sixteenth yeah. that we're recording it. Yes. But yeah. it'll probably be, I'll probably put this up on Tuesday, mm-hmm. or Tuesday morning or Monday night. So I, um, <laughs> okay. So all of my friends know that like, I am obsessed with the Tony awards. It is my <laughs> favorite of all the award shows mm-hmm. per year. Whose isn't. I mean, I, I well, know people are like yeah, the Oscars. Yeah. People like the, whatever. the Grammys, whatever. Uh, um, how many shows can people literally do everything? And I mean, this is the no Grammys auto-tune. and the Oscars. Like, yeah, yeah. no auto tune, all rolled up in yes. one. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And Billy Porter, <sighs> enough said. Did you watch the commercial? <gasps> yes. I've watched James it in every that. day. Yes. Oh, I love <laughs> At him. At least twice every day since he came out. Have I been watching him sing? <laughs> Everything's, Everything's coming, coming up, up roses. roses. <laughs> He's I, he's a miracle. He really is. We don't deserve Billy Porter. We don't. <laughs> and the fact that we have him and that he is ours yes. and that he loves us. Yeah. Oh, we are lucky people. We're hashtag blessed. <laughs> we are. He's wonderful. And that dress. I love it. Well, and, and I didn't and see, I didn't realize that the, the skirt part came off until I saw him in that commercial. Right, same. I didn't either. Until, or was, oh, so when we say commercial, it's um, James Corden posted that during a commercial break, Billy Porter, he did like a karaoke with the audience. And yeah. he was like, Billy, look at this book of songs and pick yeah. one. And so Billy Porter picked Everything's Coming Up Roses, so sang it with good. a full orchestra with no words. He didn't need the words. Who needs a book with the words in it? No, it was just sang a piano. It, and it was gorgeous. Oh, that's right. It was, it was just, just piano. piano. It was. Go- it felt like the full orchestra because it felt like we were watching. He like you. You, you all show. have to find this on YouTube. Yes. It's so majestic. It is worth he every is minute, in his, every second. Like, red dress, awesome well, this one, situation. This was, oh, that's what I was going to say. So he'd taken off the oh, skirt right. for so that. So it was really a red suit, but it so was it's baller. Like a, it's like a red vest over, and I think it was a pink shirt. It might have been a white shirt. Yeah. White tuxedo shirt, red vest, red pants, like lipstick red, and so beautiful good. red stiletto heels. Guess what I found out what? about this? What I found out about this outfit. Okay, so my friend told me <laughs> that it was literally made from it was made from parts of the kinky boot set oh i because, love that and she explained to me that there is a company where they like take uh parts of sets and they refurbish them and make like bags out of them yes so so billy um 
he he linked up with this company, and I'm so sorry. I wish I could remember the name of the company, but he linked up with this company, and they and they designed the outfit that he wore for That's the Tony Awards. So cool, isn't it? But then, so like on top of that was almost like a just a back skirt that would hook in with front. And, it was oh, gorgeous. It was I mean, the so whole good. thing was so. And he's he had the, the heels, the him. like friggin' rainbow heels. Oh, he's I so just great. I love him. <laughs> I love yeah. Billy Porter, yeah. and I did get to see him in Kinky Boots. Did you? Yes. <laughs> He's wonderful. Oh, I love him. Anyway. You gotta start watching Pose. I haven't started watching it I haven't it yet. either. Yeah, I gotta start what watching. What channel is that it's on? It's on FX. Okay. I uh, might be able to find that. Yeah. But it's, oh, I just He's love wonderful. Him. So, yeah, everyone, go on YouTube <laughs> and find the karaoke commercial break where Billy Porter is singing Everything's Coming Up Roses yes. and you, like the rest of us, will be hoping and praying that there will be a gypsy revival where Billy, <laughs> Porter, Billy Porter is playing you know, Mama Rose. Because I was thinking about that. <laughs> like, what more diverse yeah. casting can you get than that? And oh, I man. think it would actually be brilliant. I don't Ooh. think it would detract from the story at all. No, In fact, I think awesome. it would just enhance it. Oh. Because who is more demanding than a gay male... Gay mama. Billy Porter. <laughs> Period. Just like Billy, Billy Porter. Yes. Love it. I loved, <laughs> loved the Tonys this year. James Corden is always on love point. It. And up to this point, He's such a it squish. had been Neil Patrick Harris him. that I really love. Yes. Yeah, like James Corden, there is something about him. He is one of us. He is. And you can just read it through the screen. Yeah. Like, he's such a fan. He and is. I love that he's a fan. And I love that he's so good. And he I love the little interludes that he would go into the audience and be like, okay, let's air the dirty laundry. Oh, that was so and funny. hysterical. When I, I swear, okay, so Audra starts taking <laughs> off her. So I don't know if um, Audra and Laura. So he was trying to do this whole, um, he's like, you guys, everyone at the, Everyone in theater is way too nice. We got to have some beefs to get people to watch the Tony <laughs> yeah. Awards. And so he starts trying to pick fights like between, um, like, I think it was Ben Platt and Andrew Rannells. No, and, uh, ben no. Platt and, oh. Who was it? Ben Platt and. Oh, shoot. Because it was Andrew Rannells and Darren Chris. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then I can't remember who Darren, Ben Platt. Darren Chris. Darren Chris. Darren Chris. Chris. Okay. Who did pick a fight with Ben Platt? I can't oh, remember. That was, that was it was super one. cute. And then, but the last one is, like, was a gif immediately after. <laughs> and it was Audra McDonald and Laura Liddy. And Audra's like, I, I, was, I, was, doing doing, I was doing Frankie and Johnny. And I looked in the audience and, and somebody gave me the finger. And, and I think it was Laura Linney. And they cut to Laura Linney, who has, like, this deadpan serious face. <laughs> And they give her the mic, and she deadpan is like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and, like, they get up, and Audra starts taking off her earrings. And I was like, no, don't pull out the Vaseline and change in the sneakers. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then Jason's like, or not James is like, revert, revert, and 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 they cut, and they, like, go to, like, the next uh, so award. Funny. It was so good. It was, it was good. so good. But all of that, I mean, like, there was just not, I love it. there wasn't a non-entertaining moment. And there have been some <laughs> stonker years <laughs> where you're just like, oh, tell me who won the next award award for heaven's sake get <laughs> to it like there when was, his yeah. dad was on the phone yes i love him so great. it's your aunt elaine <laughs> it's like, she says hello she and, says what what is he hosting tonight <laughs> and then he and then he was on the phone and this actually i i'm pretty sure james pulled this from an article because this actually did happen where a woman was sitting on the phone during a production it wasn't this season it was last season and uh, the lead, the lead in this this show, heard her talking on the phone, and and was like, "What in the world is happening?" And she heard the woman say, "Oh yeah, I'm at," and said the name of the show, and and was like, "That's <laughs> like about how bad or good it was." And so James got his father to basically do the same thing, though, yeah. but about his. It was very funny. It was so cute. I remember reading about that, but I can't remember the actress either. I can't either. Wasn't it like a Stephanie J. Block kind of, not Stephanie. It wasn't did Stephanie. She Loves Me. Um, that was Laura Benanti. Laura Benanti. Maybe yeah. it was Laura Benanti. Might have been. Someone like that. Yeah. Who can like, who still has a sense of humor about yeah. herself. But she was like, 
Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so so good. good. My my favorite my favorite thing that he did. Uh my favorite musical number mm-hmm. was actually James in the bathroom. I had to go to bed and I haven't gotten a chance to watch you it. Have, I will. It's <laughs> I, will. I like it. I like it better than the opening. <laughs> okay. I, oh wow. I and listen, cuz the opening was incredible. I James and the, and guys, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to ostracize anybody, but I am not the target audience for Be More Chill. Just gonna say, <laughs> I'm not the target audience. So, but I felt that this was like the perfect way to incorporate that show. And I have I've watched it as many times as I watch Billy Porter <laughs> seeing everything's coming up. Roses. I'll get on that. I'll watch okay. it tomorrow. I won't tell you any more about okay. it because there's some super cute, fun surprises in it. Yeah, <laughs> I just I read the article about it with the producers of Be More Chill, or maybe the writers, who were like, we were so, it was the coolest thing to see that, you know, that it was my friend who was called and said, do you see this? And blah, blah, blah. So it was, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I'm, I'm excited to watch that. There was a little hiccup with it, though, where, where, which is a little sad, though, they did not give credit to Be More Chill. Oh, when before they did it so so you had to it was sort of one of those things you just had to know which for a show that didn't get the opportunity to perform is not the nicest situation why they didn't perform um well i'm trying to think like everybody else was because they only had the only nomination they had was joe iconis right so i don't know if that's why oh that's i mean that might be could be. So what do we want to talk about? You have a list of things. Yeah. Well, first off, I wanted to talk about some of the other performances. We talked about yeah. Billy Porter already. Yes. Um, I, we talked Choir about Boys. James in the bathroom. That's what, and that's the next one. I So I got to see Choir Boy. Okay. I know you did. And I was so excited to see the performance because <laughs> and it was you had wonderful, talked it right? so much. And I had no expectation of what it was even going to be. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. It was so good. Those yeah. guys, I can't believe they were, first of all, staying on pitch. <laughs> Because they didn't, I mean, it was like, boo, yes. sing your song. It was all acapella. And that was, was the whole show. And it was, was like incredibly that. athletic. Yeah. Now, they've closed since, correct? Yeah, they, they, they closed. I think I saw it the, the weekend it was closing. Okay. So good. So good. So good. I, I love that show. I really, really love that show. I hope it gets a longer life because I just loved it so much. Yeah. Camille Camille Brown's choreography was beautiful. Yes. The orchestrations were beautiful. One of my friends who's a director and I were just talking about Camille's choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we were talking about the use of music in the play. I was like... It was yeah. it, the the use of music in the play was was better than some musicals I've seen. Wow! Because honestly, like you know, musical theater it, songs are supposed to come out of a place of so much emotion that the character can no longer speak; they need to sing. Yeah, and that's how how the music in Choir Boy was used. And the songs that were chosen these not all of them were Negro spirituals. Like some of them were like boys to men or like from the 90s and stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. but but they were all done a cappella. yeah and the way they were done was just so moving yeah. i i love that play it's, i mean it was really a fantastic performance <laughs> love that play yeah um so that was one i would talk about oklahoma okay uh i got to see that at saint anne's warehouse alley I'm I know. so happy Super she won. <laughs> First, uh, dis- well, what do they call It's not disabled anymore, is it? Like, is that um, the terminology well, that they... F- physically, physically disabled? Physically disabled? Yeah. I mean, she's in a wheelchair. Yeah. I just, w- I didn't want to offend anybody. Right, so right. I wasn't sure if that was the particular language that they like mm-hmm. to use. So I... Right. But that's... We could be wrong. Right. Sorry. We could be wrong and educate us if we're not. Yeah. Or if we are wrong. Um, but she is the first physically disabled woman... First woman First, in a wheelchair. Any, oh, that's right, 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 right. It was in a wheelchair. First woman in a wheelchair to win a Tony Award. Yeah. And her speech 
was perfection. Was so good. She gave it right back to everybody else that is in her position, saying it doesn't matter what you look like. Yeah. It doesn't matter how abled or not you are. Yeah. Get out there and do it because there is someone that is going to see you <laughs> for who you are and the talent you possess, and they're going to give you a chance. And I love that. There, There's this... Um... There was this video taken by a mom whose whose child was wheelchair bound and he's watching the Tonys and he's watching her win. <laughs> oh my gosh. And when Ali Ali starts talking to the other young people who are in her same position, he goes, That's me. Oh. <laughs> it was like I watched it four times. That's so sweet. I was like, oh buddy. I love that. Isn't it? This so year good. Was so inclusive. It just felt like a breath <laughs> of fresh air. As I far have as, a few bones well, to pick, yes, of though. course. I mean there will always be yeah. that. But as far as not necessarily who won. Right, right. But what the people who did win said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really. They were aware, I, even the very like very middle, like um, uh, Brian Cranston. Mm -hmm. Like he made the. I I enjoyed the joke of when he was like, finally, a older white man gets an award, and I was like, <laughs> thank you for realizing your privilege, sir, and knowing that this is a joke, right? Like, I mean, a he was awesome. Oh no, I he's, saw he's that incredible. He was so and good. He, he yes. Yes. So good in that work. Uh, but, like, thank you for realizing that you are privileged and that this is a bit hilarious. <laughs> I I love you for it. Thank you. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. I like him. But he's also incredibly was, talented. Oh, my gosh. He was so good in that work. There, um, it's, it's, it's closed, so I can say this. Um, but there was – so uh, he, he does this speech – Right before he begins to tell people, you know, I want you to get up out of your chairs or off your couches and like say, you know, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. The speech is much longer than that. And there's this one moment he's like breaking down and he walks over to these two women and uh, one of them was a black woman and one of them was an Asian woman and they were both young and he just like he just holds their hands and is crying. Wow. And, and begins to say, um, he says the part of the speech that's like about, uh, um, it's it, the part of the speech that acknowledges the fact that not everybody is seen as human and mm. not everybody is seen as worthy and, and to take your power and say that you that you are worthy, that you and, and that the world needs to understand that. And mm -hmm. so to have a black woman and an Asian woman and he's standing there and yeah. he's holding their hands and he's saying these lines and he's crying and upset about how the world is treating people. Mm. I was just like, that's powerful. It was so good. Wow. <laughs> Such a, it was so good. It was great. That's yeah. He, he was absolutely wonderful in that part. And so I'm. I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, another uh, another part of the karaoke. Going back a bit to yeah. the fun thing. Chris Jackson and Anthony Ramos did ninety six thousand. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> I didn't see that. So cute. It's they on must YouTube have been in the too. Bathroom. Okay. It's a, it's cool. a, no, because the commercial breaks weren't on TV. <gasps> oh, remember? This was a commercial break. Yeah, okay, this was okay. a commercial break. Okay. There were there were three karaoke bits that you can find on YouTube. So one fun. is. Um, Ben Platt doing Tomorrow okay. and the whole audience is singing and that's super <laughs> cute. And then Chris Jackson and Anthony Ramos are doing 96,000. Nice. And if you all don't know, like Anthony Ramos is about to play Usnavi in the, in the Heights film. <laughs> and that's super cute. They're like taking turns doing the lines from, from the musical. Um, and then of course we already talked about Billy Porter, but right. these are like super worth watching and so Will fun do. and really cute. Nice. Um, all right, so let's talk about people who won. So we might as well talk about best play since we were just gushing, excuse me, <laughs> over Choir Boy. It actually lost to The Ferryman, which I have not seen yet. I have not either, but I have a friend whose baby was in it. <laughs> One of your friends is, everybody's like, there's a baby, there's a goose, and they're very excited about these <laughs> Well, and there's like, they had a, like uh -oh. a stable of five babies. 
mm-hmm. um, that would be in the show and they would have, you know, their schedules would be okay. set, but it was, you know, they had a, a whole host, but like one of those babies was a friend of mine's baby. That's so it was funny. Just like your baby's on Broadway and I can't get a break. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's cool. Oh man, yeah. So so, and the ferryman one, the um, Jazz Butterworth's intro was a little uh, odd. <laughs> it it kind of felt like it was funny because my my friend who I was watching it with, she goes, when Ferryman finally wins best play, she was like, uh, uh, she she had thought he'd gone up there already to win something, <laughs> and I was like, no, this was. Like he just won, he yeah. did, you know, and she was like, "Oh, he right." He was talking about the introduction, but his intro felt a lot like an acceptance speech. Oh. So I totally <laughs> understood why she thought that because it yeah. really did. It was so strange. <laughs> um, and then best musical went to I'm sorry, best revival of a musical went to Oklahoma, which we already talked yes. about. Allie, really, I love the production. I do not like the dance sequence, which I've said a ton of times. I, I hate I the just dance didn't sequence. I like what they chose to sing at People the were awards. saying that about a lot of the performances. It's yeah. like they weren't super happy with what was chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, people will say they're in love would yeah. have been a good choice. Or just do the full Oklahoma sequence right. without anything else. And I understand why they did it because Allie was up for the award right. and she did really well. Right. But it just wasn't a great representation yeah. of what the show... And it almost felt it felt so disjointed because mm-hmm. it had just been edited together so much right. that it was like, does, is this puzzle piece really supposed to be in this puzzle? <laughs> yeah. It was just very strange. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to hear that blue grassy kind of feel. I know. I know. And I didn't. And, and also the chemistry between the two leads, like you didn't she get it at all. She had this weird expression on her face yeah. at the very end. Like she looked angry and I was like, is this like a Kurt Vile type no. Oklahoma? It's upsetting because like they have such good chemistry yeah. on stage, but you cannot. You couldn't the, the, tell. Yeah, you couldn't. I, I did not love like. I, I've already I've said what performances I really loved, mm-hmm. but um, I loved watching Allie do her song. But I felt like when they got to the actual song Oklahoma, there was yeah. not the energy that yeah. I felt like when I saw it at St. Anne's Warehouse. Like there was so much energy. Well, it felt like we were coming into a performance that had already started. Yeah, which it, I guess but it we was did. also just a little deadpan. Yeah, there there wasn't. There yeah, wasn't no, that energy. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I'm like, who were the people that were sitting behind them in the audience? What was that about? I know, I didn't understand that. Like, like they looked quite young. Yeah. Uh, they just, all had like weird. the same. It was strange. And I wanted to like it because I you had yeah. You I had really, really I liked hyped it. it, and I wanted to, but I, I just didn't like the performance. That's not to say that I wouldn't like yeah. seeing it, but it was just weird. It was weird. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I don't. I, Again, I've said it a million times. I don't like the dance sequence. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm happy that it won. Yeah. I, I am happy it won. Absolutely. Okay. And so then Best New Musical went to Town, <sighs> which I want to see. Uh... <laughs> Tickets are like four hundred dollars, yeah. which we were just I talking about. I will never about. be able to see it, unfortunately, <laughs> and, because I just won't be able to afford it. No, but I mean, tickets will go down. I think it's it's open. It's open run. Yeah. And so you know, tickets will go down. It'll be reasonable eventually. Yeah. And can we also just mention at this point because we might as well do yeah. we can do <laughs> best director of a musical. Do it. Do it. Rachel Chavkin, best director for Hades Town. Yes. She had also directed Natasha Pierre mm-hmm. and the great comet of eighteen twelve. Yep, perfect. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled it from, but I got it. And they both have this a very similar look. They're yeah. a very like gothic y vintage yeah. European look mm-hmm. about them. But they 
I think both intrigue me so much that I really yeah. wanted to see them. Obviously, yeah. I missed Natasha Pierre, but Hades Town, I'm hoping, cross my fingers. Yeah, it'll be open a while. I have in my hand <laughs> her speech, my cell phone. And on that cell phone is a <laughs> screenshot of her speech mm-hmm. because it impressed me yeah. and impacted me so much mm-hmm. after hearing it that I was like, I can never forget this. No, right. Um, and I just want to read this. Please do. And I actually, you can look at it. I've highlighted some of the areas. <laughs> I love I'm just, it. I'm going to read the whole, it's basically, this is the last paragraph of her whole speech. Mm-hmm. So it's the end of it. But she starts it out by saying, my folks raised me with the understanding that life is a team sport mm. and so is walking out of hell. That's what is at the heart of the show. It's about what this is. I love this. Mm-hmm. It's about whether you can keep faith when you are made to feel alone. Mm-hmm. And it reminds us that it is that that is how power structures try to maintain control mm. by making you feel like you are walking alone in the darkness, even when your partner is right there at your back. Mm-hmm. And this is why I wish I wasn't the only woman directing a musical on Broadway this season. Mm-hmm. There are so many women who are ready to go. There are so many mm-hmm. artists of color who are ready to go. And we need to see that Rachel, excuse me, racial diversity. Let me start that again. (laughs) And we need to see that racial diversity and gender diversity reflected in our critical establishment too. Yeah. This is not a pipeline issue. It is a failure of imagination by a field whose job is to imagine the way the world could be. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've I've been saying that like the lack of imagination That not just theater, no, uh, but like every every form of entertainment has has been really really appalling to me. Um, I mean, I'm sure Oscar so white color. I'm like bottom of the totem pole, right? Because I'm I'm a black female. Sure. (laughs) Well, and then as also as and I do have a certain level of privilege because of this color of my skin. Yeah. But I am not a classically pretty, thin, willowy, wispy lady. I've got some meat on my bones. Yeah. And so that is mm-hmm. my diversity yeah. that is challenged at every go around. And I can't, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've said that producers and casting agents yeah. lack imagination. Yeah. When that is their job. It's the job. It's literally the job. It it's is like, so why are we in this business if we're not going to have any imagination? Like that literally yes. my imagination's what got me here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just going to turn it into the cookie cutter that's acceptable right yeah. now. Screw acceptable. Who cares if I'm accepted? Yeah. I literally have not shaved my legs in over a week and I am wearing short pants. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Because I do this for me yeah. now. And mm-hmm. it took me 37 years. Almost. Am I 38 this year? Yes. Am I 38 now? No, August. Okay. <laughs> August. It took me almost 38 years to come to terms with that, Mm -hmm. but I finally have, and it is the most freeing thing in the world. So I implore you, teenagers, 20 somethings, Mm -hmm. 12 year olds, (laughs) all of you girls and women who are sitting in front of a mirror and think you are not enough because of what the magazine says, because of what that boy who sits across from you in study hall might have said. Because of what our parents may have said to us that impacted us and they didn't even mean it to. But because that is what society expects from us. Forget all of that because it is not important. It is not important. My dogs look at me and they see the most beautiful person in the world (laughs) and that is enough for me and also the fact that i am a child of god yeah and that is where i must find my identity absolutely even if you don't believe in god you have a faith Mm -hmm. you must whatever that faith leads you to believe Mm -hmm. understand that your identity is not in what the other people around you think because they are dealing with their own self-esteem issues and you cannot trust them. The thing that you can trust is you and how important you feel you are and you are important and you are enough and you are loved. Yeah. Preach preacher. 
exclamation point. <laughs> I was going to say period, and that wasn't enough. No. And I just love that she said that. Yeah. This is what it, it fired me up watching that speech. And so then I good. had to go to bed <laughs> because it was well past my bedtime, and I still had to take a shower. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. So I was I up till one. And I literally was like, yeah. yes. So good. And then I had to look it up. Because I, I needed to remember and yeah. I needed to be able to easily recall those words because those words spoke from a power beyond Rachel Chapman. No, 100%. It was prophetic what that she was, was saying. It was incredible. Yeah. It and cut, it was a moment to be remembered. Because it, it has, sur- like, that speech has been shared and reshared and reshared. <laughs> it has surpassed, like, Sunday. Yeah. And it's going to continue. It's just like, I, I will say the same about Andrew DeShield's speech because. Mm, oh, yes. He, like, I'm from <laughs> Maryland. So when he opened and he's like, is anybody from, you know, I hope y'all from Baltimore are watching. And, and I was like, oh, we are, Andre. We are. You know, and then he talked about just like hoping that someday he would make his hometown proud. And then when he talked about the three yes. truths to live by. Uh, the first one was, um, the first one was, uh, have people around you mm-hmm. whose light, who whose light eyes up. Yes. light up when they see you. Yes. Um, the second one I'm going to look it up just okay. in case. Because I just remember the third one, which for me is like a huge deal. Um, the fastest way slowly is the fastest way to get to where you're going. Yeah. And that that has been I know that's not just a struggle for me, but for so many of my friends because oh, we want to hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah. And and we see people younger than us yeah. like rising well, there was a and baby get, on Broadway. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so when you see that, you're just like, well, what is it about me that's making it be so slow? Like, yeah. why? Is it taking so long for me, you know, and for, for me, it's like my parents are dead. Mm. And so I'm like, what did I accomplish before, before they died? Like how I, I, I have battled with this. Um, they died and I was like, what, what, what was I like? How, what kind of legacy did they feel like they left? And, but they knew your potential. Yeah. And so my, like my parents don't act, never thought like that, never spoke to me like that, never even accidentally spoke to me like that. But that is a burden that I've carried within myself, within Mm -hmm. my core and my gut that I continue to carry and have to like fight all of the time. Yeah. So when he said that, he was like, slowly is the fastest way to get to where you're going. I love that. So here are the three. I'll okay. just, I'll reiterate. The yeah, two please that you've do. Said. So number one was surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> number two was slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And number three, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So keep, keep climbing. climbing. <laughs> he uh, he he um was interviewed by Rob and Kevin who you you heard Rob on our one of our uh episodes on behind the curtain and I I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode mm. because I I'm going to go back and listen to it because I was like I need to take life notes. <laughs> yeah. It's just one. He's one of those people that you're just like I well, just need to he's in his 70s, right? He's yeah, 72. He was 72. 72 years old yeah. and has been in this business. He's the original whiz for the whiz, yeah. So he has a wealth of knowledge he does. and this is what I love about men and women like yeah. Andre de Shields. <laughs> they want to tell you. Yeah, they do. They want nothing more than to pass on the knowledge mm-hmm. they have gained to everyone coming yeah. up the ranks. And none of us really, I mean, listen, not none of us, but there are some people that want to just do it their own way. Right. They don't want to have anyone any old farts telling them what to do but guys this guy is another of those whose voice comes from somewhere else yeah and it's incredible so listen just take it in Mm -hmm. listen to it once and take it in and breathe it and you will never forget what he has to say yeah you might forget the actual words but you will never forget the intent of it Mm -hmm. it's just incredible the speech is those okay. two in particular yeah, were wonderful. We're just and Allie Stoker. Those yeah, three. Those three were the best. They were the best. Those three stand out 
above and beyond. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just incredible, you guys. We're, so we're in this kind of renaissance of diversity. Not even renaissance, because it's, it's never happened before. No, well, and we're... It's a, it's a funny thing, though, right? Because, like, these... So, Rachel Chavkin won, Andre won, Anais Mitchell won, mm. um, and then also you had uh, Rachel Hawk, who was one of the set designers, won... And then um, she wasn't she one of the first women to win set for set design. It was Rachel Hawk, and um, there was another woman who either broke a record or she added to the record. And I have her written down here because I put them all on. Um, I put them on my social. Je Jessica Paz, who was for sound design, so she was the first woman okay. ever to win for, for sound. sound design. And then you had. Um, Rachel Hawk was only like the second or third woman to win for set design. Yeah. And so, and so, uh, for the longest time, yeah, the technical areas of, of theater have been men. Yeah. And to even break into that was so very hard. difficult. And you certainly didn't last that long because of the way that it made you feel. Right. This is, and this is coming from conversations that I've had with females in props and in set design. Even with when we, ha we talked to Madeline yes. and she talked about music direction. Yes. Yeah. Same kind of deal. Mm -hmm. We are breaking through that, that glass ceiling yeah. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that the shards of glass are dust. <laughs> I hope they're, I hope they will be. I hope I'm, so too. I'm definitely one who like, I, I see, I see that there's some progress and then I see we still have such an incredibly long way to go. Mm -hmm. And I think back to 2016 where we broke the first record where it was, um, all performing musical theater categories were won by, by, black individuals so yeah. you had leslie cynthia excuse me um david and and um uh renee <laughs> okay i'm glad you remember yeah. i would never have been able to pull that out <laughs> i well it's because there was this gorgeous piece of art created after mm. they won yeah and it was the the backdrop of my phone for the longest time oh, and it's, it's gorgeous it just depicts all four of them in really beautiful regal attire yeah and there's this little black boy standing in front of their picture and he's just oh. looking up at them oh i and love I, it it's so gorgeous yeah. i love it so much um and so there was a conversation on the hollywood reporter with lynn deny uh because her play was on broadway at the time lupita nyong'o i believe leslie was there also and the moderator asked this question, you know, do you think that like, you know, you, we're looking at the room here and we're looking at who's nominated and what's on Broadway this season, you know, and do you feel like we're turning a tide? And there was a unanimous <laughs> answer because all of them were like, we pat ourselves on the back too quickly. This mm. is one season. Let's see how the next seasons go. Yeah. And I will say there were a lot of white people winning yes. this last Tony Award. Yes. So, you know, there's there's still a very long way to go. And 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 conversations that we've had, like uh, just when we did typecast mm -hmm. uh, last year and we sat around with um, actors of color of different abilities and we just heard their stories and we heard about how, you know, that season where you had like Allegiance and Aladdin and several other um, Asian specific shows, it was still only made up 2% yeah. of all of theater in New York City. And I just thought, holy crap. Yeah. And, and even within that, like, some of the parts that you thought yes. would go to people who were Southeast Asian, like, they still didn't have a shot at those parts because they weren't being, they weren't being seen for a show that's based in Southeast Asia. Right. Which is just like, what is that? That doesn't even require imagination. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I will be blown away by that. Except Until I die. that there is still that underlying uh, demand, the societal demands yeah. that is it, that I feel is always in the back of the casting director and in the back of the producer's mind is that, okay, if we can't cast 
a gorgeous Asian, mm -hmm. then we'll go for a beautiful Hispanic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we can't find a beautiful Hispanic, woman, yeah. we'll just cast a lovely white woman who has Mediterranean yeah, uh, who's traits. ethnically ambiguous. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it's... It, my friend was talking about a commercial... Uh, breakdown that she got because mm -hmm. she was going to go for in for an audition, and the breakdown was uh, casting a mom very attractive, and then the rest of the stuff, and then it said casting a dad attractive but approachable. That is how society it really is. There, so there is no up. possibility that a woman that is not classically and societally appropriately pretty can be loved or can possibly have a family with someone. I mean, that's just the most ridiculous thing in the world. No. I, I was so this week because there was like not enough Tony's recap for my, for my liking. Um, I went and I listened to several of James's interviews. And in one of those interviews, he talks about um, how he started writing the television show, show Gavin and Stacy, which sort of propelled mm. his career. Yeah. And so um, he tells a story because you all know James, right? He's freaking adorable. I just want to squish I him. I love him. He's just like a chubby, precious <laughs> little tight. I just want to like. And yes. it's funny because I saw like um, I saw it wasn't it was like interviews with several people. Oh, it was the Tony nominees. And they were like, what would you do if you got to like hang out with James Corden? And half of them were like, cuddle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like super true, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so in this this podcast, he talked about Gavin and Stacey and what basically happened. Long story short, he was doing um, History Boys, and you know, mm -hmm. if you guys know, like the cast, they were all about the same age, and he said they were all about the same in, in the same point in their careers, and um, they all of his cast members were coming in with like scripts under their arms all of the time. And then he said one one particular movie was coming up, which was like the quote unquote the movie, and um, like he and two of his cast members were talking about that that, and they were like, "Oh yeah, your is your is your agent talking to them?" And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So uh, one day, his two cast members that he was talking about talking with this talking about this movie with come in with a script under like full scripts under their arms. And his agent gives him two pages, and he's the newscaster. <laughs> yep. And he was like, oh, I, I see. Okay, what they're basically telling me is, we think you're good, but we can't cast you because of the way you look. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, fine then, I'll write my own stuff. Yeah. And that's when he got... Um, his friend Ruth and him wrote Gavin and Stacy, and he he discusses like, you know, what a turbulent time that was in his life. But mm -hmm. also, he was like somebody who looks like me is not supposed to be famous. We're not supposed to get this sort of right, um, these sort of accolades and everything. And and he he was like, we live in this world where somebody who's like my size, it's like we don't have sex, we don't date. You know, we're just Unless like the goofy the best friend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But even then, it's like, it's like if you date, it's a miracle that that girl right. liked you, mm -hmm. right? Well, that's why in every movie where weight is at the forefront, yeah, it's always at the forefront. Right. Like you can't just have a relationship where the girl is just slightly heavier. Right. That always has to be. Well, I'm having a relationship, but she's, you know, right because she's, or in spite of the fact that right. she's. We can't just be normal people. people right. This is why I love UK's casting so much because even though James' story is that, yeah. I do notice that more often than not, yeah. they do have normal looking people, yeah. still very attractive, right. but who's not really? Right, they look like they eat. Exactly. They're just <laughs> food. They're average people. Actual food. Right. And I love that. Yeah. that. That makes me happy. And that's something that we haven't seen in this country pretty much ever. No, there's still, it's still a real, it's still a real problem. 
<laughs> where someone is cast based on their looks mm -hmm. and then the 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 studio will yeah. go behind their backs have everything uh, ADR'd right Stephen Schwarzenegger or Arnold Schwartz Stephen Schwarzenegger <laughs> I just combined Stephen yeah, Schwartz Yeah Schwartz and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> Yes you did That is a musical theater mind right yeah. there Arnold Schwarzenegger's first film he was cast because he's this glorious muscular man right but then they couldn't understand what he was saying so they just dubbed over everything in which case why didn't you just find a man yeah who is muscular as well as 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 intelligible i just don't understand it no it's not those it's people not nice. do exist you just don't want to look for them no it's it's there's <sighs> i don't or is it really that necessary that he be that jacked well what was the movie was it Conan, like Conan, right oh so yeah i guess I because guess. Or of no, that hercules in new york oh hercules then yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. i guess but I, i'm yeah i know well i just ugh. i i totally hear you and i mean it's why i did typecast it's mm. why i'm doing the women's cycle it's yeah. why yeah <laughs> it's why i left the business <laughs> for a little while yeah I don't for know a little while back we'll see We'll see. Actually, Ebony and I have been talking about we have possibly doing a one-woman show. Yeah. Starring moi. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that would be fun. Yes, so, we're, so do I. We're, still, we're seriously entertaining it. Yeah, we are. I should say, I'm seriously entertaining no, it. No, I still am. already written it. You're just done. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's no, happening. You just show up. You be at this place. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, yeah. We're, so, you know... That's why, I mean, you, you guys will hear in the next episode, mm. you know, we just talk about with that show. Yes, of course, like all of the shows we talk about, it was a flop. Mm. But the fact that those people decided they wanted to write something, mm -hmm. everyone told them they couldn't or shouldn't. They did it anyway, and they made it, they made it to where they made it. I, I just encourage people to continue to do that because, like, for myself, like, I sat around a really long time hoping that I'd be an assistant at a production company right. or I'd get in, my foot in some sort of door. Right. And, you know, it took, like, my mother dying for me to be like, okay, I need to rethink the way that I'm going about things. Yeah. And then it took our current political situation mm. for me to get real fire in my belly and be like, okay, what can I actually do? Like yeah. there, I have to know enough people that we can like pool together something that is impactful and brings hope and joy to people. Yeah. And, and that's what we did. And I, I just encourage you that you don't need to sit around and wait for somebody to notice you, wait for somebody to see you. You, you just need to go and make your own stuff because, mm -hmm. There's a lack of imagination. And yes. if you have a lot of imagination, like, you're needed. Share it. Yeah. I want it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It is. Yeah. Okay. So that's our, that's that's our Tony Award slash inclusivity. One. Yes. <laughs> matters. We, I had a lot of pedestal time. Yeah. It felt good. It was good. It felt cleansing. <laughs> Because who cares? Yeah. Just who cares? It's important. No, but it's like really important I mean, to say these things. I mean, stay true to yourself. Right. But it's important to say those things. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. It really just truly does not matter what anybody else thinks. I just saw also, um, I think it was to, maybe yesterday, Noma Dumaswani, who played Hermione in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child uh, in the West End and in London, and won an Olivier in London for her, her part as Hermione. Um, she, she posted a picture of herself from 2002, and she was in a production of Cleopatra. And she wrote on there, she said, this was like back when I considered myself an ugly duckling, and mm. she encouraged people who were looking at that picture in her Instagram to not think of themselves as an ugly duckling and she's like it took me some years to cleanse my mind of of those thoughts mm -hmm. and feelings about myself and to see myself as beautiful and as the person that I I really am and ugh, I freaking love Noma <laughs> just love her yeah and that I was like yes 
Yes, 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 yes. It's so difficult sometimes to see past the lens of other people's yeah. perceptions of you. Right. Because that's but, what we hear. And they're like throwing it in your face. Yeah, they really truly are. <laughs> oh, my God, I hate. Why do people do that? I know. And I, I'm also guilty of, of putting my opinion out there when it really, there's no place for my opinion in some things unless it's being asked for or unless right. it's like constructive. There's there's nothing constructive about telling someone that they don't belong or that right. what they have what they have to say isn't important enough yeah. or how they look doesn't fit the mold. Who cares about a flipping mold? Right. The world itself, there is no room for molds. Yeah, yeah. This is the and America especially is a melting pot. That's yeah. what we that's what we are proud of being Americans for. Yeah. Is being a melting pot. And how can we have a mold if everything has melted? <laughs> Who needs a mold? That's true. That's good. That. That. <laughs> Who needs a mold? Who needs a mold? We need a t-shirt that says that. Who Hashtag. A- Who needs a mold? <laughs> spread it around spread it around like butter like butter <laughs> oh man guys absolutely just like message us on facebook um with your thoughts and feelings on what we've talked about yeah. especially when it comes to like inclusivity and diversity yes. and like we didn't even go into all the 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 um like where you could go in terms of like gender and gender fluidity and oh, like yeah. everything that's happening. Like, you know, cause we were just, we spent a lot of time glorifying <laughs> Billy Porter. I mean, we really love him. We just like really, really do. We love him. Um, so, so like, please, you know, just know that like, we love you. Yes. We see you. And we want to hear your story. If you've got a story that can please uplift do. someone else or empower someone else, yeah. please share it. Please share it. And, like, I, I, fe- I have always felt like theater should be a place for all the misfit toys. Yeah. And so <laughs> if you have, if you got into the theater as I did and as Pamela did and as a lot of people I know have because that was the place where they felt like they fit in. And, mm-hmm. like, sometimes you know, as we're working a little more professionally in this space, feeling like you're telling us we don't fit here either. Right. This is garbage. Um, you know, you do fit. Yes. And there's a place for you and you are wanted and you are welcome. And you know what? You find that place. That's right. And you shove yourself in it. L- okay. So <laughs> you I don't s- need anyone's permission. You don't. I said, <laughs> I said in that, um, that voyage article, I said, Sometimes you have to cut a hole in the wall and make your own door. Yeah. And I also saw Ava DuVernay. Um, she just, um, when they see us, is out there on Netflix. Oh, yes. And she said pretty much the exact same thing. <laughs> awesome. That she's just making her own door. And you guys, it's what you have to do. Like, you can't wait for somebody else. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Because that's when you will wait for a very long time and yeah. become more and more resentful. Yeah. And we don't want you to be resentful. Don't. We want you to be successful in whatever way that looks for you. Right. We love you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.